0: the ride dirty podcast brian parker Hi. the owner ceo el jefe el presidente
1: mind sweepers tire if
0: you, if you care about your rims you got yourself some mind got
1: myself on on a downhill bike at suicide trail and really fell back this is the
0: third episode of the ride dirty podcast and we have Brian Parker, Hi. the owner, CEO, El Jefe, El Presidente of Minesweepers.
1: Minesweepers, tire inserts. Yeah. Rim protectors.
0: Rim protectors. If you care about your rims, you got yourself some Minesweepers. Um, so to get into it, um, pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, I've written with you a few times. Um, and, I, and to me, it's impressive to watch you ride because... Uh, I'm nowhere near that level and we don't ride with many people at the levels that, um, that you and, and, you know, Jason and maybe Toro, um, can, can ride at. Um, so, uh, you know, going back to, to how you got into that, um, did you go from not riding at all to just straight into mountain biking or was there like a background (laughs) that you had?
1: So I grew up here in Newberry park, thousand Oaks and, um, road BMX as a, as a kid, we had, um, really popular spot called the Kimber jumps on the corner of, uh, Kimber and Reno road, basically. Um, on the way to elementary school, I used to go jump before and after school every single day. Um, so yeah, I started catching air and getting hurt really (laughs) young and, um, (laughs) So that was my sport. I was a, I was a little bit of a spoiled brat and didn't do much homework. So I didn't wasn't able to get into the um, organized sports in high school. My parents were like, "We're not paying for you to go travel around with your high school buddies if, if you're not gonna do your schoolwork." So right for me, um, <clears throat> I started getting into partying when I was later in high school, and then all through my 20s um, got out of riding for the most part my mountain biking was very urban and was pretty much in a 15 mile radius every time I would get in trouble with the law and get my license pulled I'd be (laughs) riding my mountain bike to get where I needed to go right so there was quite a large portion basically all of my 20s where mountain biking was not viewed by me as a good time it was punishment. And and then when I got to be 30 years old, I figured out that partying wasn't really probably going to be the most important part of my life for the rest of my life. So I needed to look at how I was living and decided to quit drinking and using hard drugs. And, uh, And then it took a little bit while for my body to recuperate and start getting healthy again i was riding a crotch rocket motorcycle and having some fun getting some speeding tickets uh, <laughs> and uh and then i started riding with a couple local buddies in in lo- on local trails here and falling back in love with the actual outdoors aspect and and getting back to nature and uh got myself on on a downhill bike at Suicide Trail and really fell back in love with uh, the... With
0: so your bike. first mountain bike uh, back into like, like riding your bikes again was a downhill bike?
1: Well, I mean, I had a Gary Fisher still for the transportation and I took right, that right. on Suicide, but then I jumped on my buddy's Trek session and I was like, whoa, you know, this is like a motorcycle with no motor and, yeah. you know, going down stuff like Suicide Butter. with that extra cushion was just like rad
0: right what year was that like
1: that was 2007
0: okay so and i assume suicide um back in the day was probably gnarlier it was than what it is now yeah
1: um my impression is since uh e-bikes have gotten so big and people have been riding e-bikes on suicide it's gotten kind of dumbed down a little bit um you know it is what it is yeah suicide was is, it
0: was it more natural back then like it yeah. was just like a more like a real mountain biking like no yeah. berms no yeah just.
1: yeah i mean there there have always been the funny little kickers off to the sides right right you know <laughs> suicide's <laughs> got its its story for sure yeah. yeah
0: so you got yourself a trek is that was that the no, first no one? no i got, got a turner
1: there? i got a turner dhr off of uh, pink bike like 1500 bucks and uh really liked that bike it was a point and shoot badass machine um that thing got ran over in the parking lot at big bear my first (laughs) one of my first seasons um at park uh kind of snowed on opening day and people were running back and forth to their car trying to figure out their situation and the guy next to us came back to his car and jumped in and just started to drive away and he just r- slowly ran right over my bike. Oh yeah. man. So
0: <laughs> what happened to it? So it was it to- was done. It was totaled. Uh, yeah,
1: so his car insurance had to had to <laughs> kick down some <laughs> funds and then uh, and then back to pink bike again, and that's when I got my first Nolly bike, and okay. I, I rode for them for a number of years. Got
0: it. Yeah. And when you when you bought that bike, uh, and was, was Suicide the first trail back in the mountains that you went to?
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: And when you did that trail, with it being as gnarly as it is, and maybe even gnarlier back then, were you? Did you jump? Back on the bike after not being not jumping and not like doing much mountain biking. Basically,
1: yeah, we're coming down the chunky main trail, and then I saw the drop and was like, "Whoa!" You know, this is so <laughs> gnarly. And I, I had a full face O'Neill helmet that I bought at a uh, Sport Chalet for like sixty bucks. Yeah, and we continue down the trail, and then down there's a section. Where there's like a, there's a boulder in the very middle to left side of the trail that kind of sticks out like a finger and you used to be able to ride out off of it and drop off the end.
0: On what section?
1: Um, down, right before the toilet bowl. Okay. And, uh.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen that on, on uh, some of Toro's old stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's gotten quite eroded, so I don't think people really ride yeah, out you can't. on the end anymore. No. But it used to have, like, a little... a little. It's pin- that
0: middle rock, right, yeah. where it splits between the yeah. two sides that people now yeah. take? Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, so right after that, I didn't do the drop, because I was on a Gary Fisher. It was before I had the Turner. Right, right. The, like, the first time I went down the trail, right after that, something happened, and the bars twisted left and the bike just stopped and I went over the bars (laughs) and just landed on the right side of my head right there. And I knew, and it was all on GoPro. I still get the reminder on, you know, the memory (laughs) pops up on Facebook and I, I knew right then and there, like, Whoa, this trail is definitely, um, legit and needs this full face helmet or like if i didn't have this full face helmet i would have broke my jaw yeah it would have been done lights out so like being able to crash like that like suicide is where i started crashing pretty hard and and wearing all the gear you feel like you're playing football like you can go down pretty hard and like not really get messed up jump back up and go for more yeah for (laughs) sure so that's kind of one of the reasons why I was why I fell in love with the sport.
0: That's pretty cool because I mean from at least what I'm getting in the story <laughs> is that you didn't really um you didn't you did more urban stuff. You didn't really go out to the mountains to ride mountain bikes and no, to I'm go sorry. from that to riding suicide and were you walking sections? No, I never walked. You just rode everything? Yeah. That's right. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, cuz usually it takes people some time to to get to the level of actually riding the whole trail or even getting on in walking sections. Yeah. Um at least for me I rode around like Newberry Park and right. some of the some of the blue trails around the area till I like got the confidence to yeah. want, want to go out to those trails. So that's pretty cool. Uh especially with it being so gnarly back in the day. So.
1: Yeah, no. And, and but that's where like I grew up on all this stuff here and I was used to going fast and then I just right. going to suicide just took it to that next
0: next level. Next level yeah. Right. And it, so I, I'm assuming that um like, your your jumping and your confidence in the air and all that comes from your BMX days.
1: Yeah, for the most part.
0: Right. Cool. And um, once you started mountain biking, after the, that suicide, um, you know, you, you destroyed your bike, or you got somebody destroyed your bike, ran it over, um, you got your first nollie, um you, you just, at that point, you were just hooked? And yeah. you were just riding yeah. all the time?
1: Oh, uh, this, yeah, this bike was, like, basically brand new. This guy was sponsored by them and the the bike he had had only been used that same day that my bike got ran over so like four hours of use brand
0: oh, new wow. bike,
1: and the insurance just totally covered it flat out so um now i'm on a brand new downhill bike hi sonny <laughs> and uh and um then i start then yeah then um well, our other trail, our other local trails, where I started riding that bike a lot. Okay. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> started racing, started racing downhill at Fontana. Oh, I got so. into racing pretty quick. Uh, I met a, I met a gentleman named Ted at suicide trail and he was like an older guy as well. He was actually like five years older, at least five years older than I, and, uh, he was like, wow, you're pretty quick. You should come out to Fontana. And uh, I'm like, where the fuck is Fontana? <laughs> so, so I, started, I started going out there for Southridge races uh, back in 2000, end of 2014. And, uh, and yeah, I've been racing there ever since. How long
0: has uh, has uh, Font- uh, the SRC been around? It's been a long time, SRC, right?
1: SRC, yeah, we just. They just celebrated 30. I'm making a look at the anniversary. Yeah, the you got a bunch here. of them up there. I think 30 years. 30 years. At least 30 years. That's wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 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 almost when I I'm 34. I'm gonna be 35 this year. I was probably four or five years old when the first one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, early 90s.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool how it's been going for so. Yeah. long. Yeah,
0: and I you know not to skip a bunch of time, but I I think uh, I think maybe. Right after the pandemic started, um there was talks about it probably like not happening anymore, right,
1: well, yeah, just because of public public events or whatever, there's been yeah. some problems with the property as well
0: right I, I yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I saw it, but i'm I'm happy to see that it's still going though, yeah, yeah, it's and cool.
1: they've got stuff in the works that it's definitely not going anywhere that's dope, yeah.
0: that's dope, um so once you started getting into racing um did you? I, I mean, what, what, what did what did that feel like? What did that first race experience feel like? Were you were you right on it getting podium or was it like a oh, reality no. check?
1: Oh no! So so when I started racing there at Fontana, it was it was actually probably about twice as many people <clears throat> as what have been showing up recently. So it was oh, pretty, wow. it was pretty popular. Yeah, not maybe as popular as it was in its greatest heyday back in the early two thousands. Right but um you know there were there were a few hundred people there and like camping out every weekend well overnight parking every night every (laughs) every weekend and um and so uh I just really fell in love with the vibe and that there were a bunch of different groups of people hanging out and and doing the whole weekend thing and um so I knew I wasn't a beginner rider, but I didn't definitely think I was going to be at expert or pro level. So I just went and and entered into sport right right, right away. And in, in my first season racing sport, I was landing mid pack. There was, uh, let's see. What was I? I was, Oh, you can see all those plates are, right. are up there in chronological order. And I was in each class for like two years. Um, first year in the middle of the pack and so i knew that's right where i belonged and then so what's the o on the on the The o the o is uh age and skill combined they they have letters for every every different class got it A, a is pro b is pro women c will be young experts and then it just goes up from there and uh so O is I was I think thirty-five to forty. No, thirty to thirty-nine. Thirty to thirty-nine. Uh, sport. Men.
0: Sport. Got it.
1: And then, um, so right now I would be a P forty to forty-nine sportman. Got it. So I did O first, then I went up to F. I think there's one F plate missing actually, because I know I was in expert for two seasons, when I went moved up from from uh oh from sport to expert it was a big jump because now you're on a different course that's like way, oh, okay way gnarlier
0: oh so it's you're, different it's a different course the,
1: you're on a pro oh. everywhere there's a split yeah there's so you're 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 on the gnarly course now right and i was definitely shoved right back into the middle of the pack and yeah. had a lot of work to to do to start making podiums in expert class
0: Right, and I know, I know. Recently, uh, me, you, uh, Toro, and Jason have been constantly messaging me and harassing me about getting over to Fontana and racing. <laughs> and I, I definitely have the plans to do it. And I know, um, at least from the talks that we have in our group chats and whatnot, you know, I've been throwing it out there, like, "Hey, we're gonna do like an event, and all of us head over there instead of doing like a group ride." I know the hesitation for most people that are um that that want to go but then they kind of hesitate in going is is uh one not being prepared. Uh, most of the guys that are on there have never raced. Um they've never entered any race. Right. Um and number 2 I think is it's uh you know not being prepared. Um so for those that do want to go and race, um with your experience and being there so many years what would you recommend somebody that that's one not ready um or hasn't been training um number two doesn't know what to expect um i think I think the fear of not having knowing what to expect and how to prepare is what's keeping people from heading over to Fontana and joining you know one of the classes and racing
1: okay, so if you're going to race for your first time or whatever, you just need to go with the the main focus is having fun right that's it. Like if you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Right. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to go race is because they they feel like they're they're too invested in being competitive and it's gonna take the fun away. Mm. If they don't if they don't come home with some kind of results, yeah. some kind of results, then you have to go. You have to go find out where you're at. And yeah. like even if you come home in la- very last place. At least you got yourself out on the track and you found yeah, out whether yeah. or not, you know, it's something for you or not and what you need to work on. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people like we were talking about Strava that ride around local and they're racing themselves already in yeah. their own neighborhood. So right. to go down there and I'll tell you what, the cool thing about going to the races and actually doing it is is my first season, like I said, I showed up out there Only in sport. I knew I wasn't a beginner. I didn't want to be called a sandbagger. You don't want to race beginner. If you're already jumping, catching three or four feet of air, you're not a beginner. Right. Even if it's your very first race. So sign up sport, land in the middle of the pack. And then what happens is if you go to every single race, you don't have to win. You could get fourth fourth place, fifth place, third place, and you start stacking up points. And by the end of the year even if you didn't even make podium, you could still get third, second, or even first place overall. That's what all. That's what my a lot of my best achievements are for overall.
0: Right, right. And
1: that doesn't mean I got first place, first place. every single race. That right. means I got the most points by the end of the year because I showed up and I, I suited up and I did the race.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things, actually, um, we were talking.
1: And that's what makes it a cool event is when there's – consistent people there that they know they're going to see the same people there every time. And then we show up and we just do it. Then like nobody's complaining about, Oh, it's not the way it used to be, man. That's what I hear more than anything. Yeah. When I ask people why they don't come anymore, it's well, it's not the way it used to be. And what man. do they mean you know by what, that? That I'll tell you what they mean. It's because the camaraderie has fallen off. I'm telling you COVID COVID destroyed camaraderie. I right. uh, told everyone to isolate and, and stay as far away from each other as they possibly could. And and now that we know that being outdoors is uh, not a... Yeah, uh, like, healthier. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, get back to the races, try it out, go see how much fun you're going to have and hang out and stay the whole weekend. Don't just come for Saturday. Like... It, for me, that's really what the coolest thing was: was that people were there all weekend, yeah. and like, the, yeah. I know people like to. I don't party, but like, I like hanging out and and partying with everybody else. You know what right. I mean? I bring my fucking earplugs so I can get to sleep and <laughs> race the next day.
0: Yeah, well, I was talking to, uh, or actually, um, Blake was uh, was uh, telling some of the guys on the chat that. Um, uh, he, he's um, Next weekend, there's some races, and he, he's going to Vegas for, I think, a bachelor party or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's actually heading out to Vegas, staying there Friday, um, waking up Saturday, coming out to race. Mm-hmm. And then well, after the races, he's heading back to the bachelor party and then having to come back and race again. So he's actually so committed to racing now. That he's gonna he's gonna go out, do his thing, come back, race, and then just so he can get the points. Yeah, we'll see so. if he
1: makes it. If he's coming to <laughs> race on Sunday. You're saying he's racing Sunday? I think
0: Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing both days, but I think he's just racing Saturday. But if he does drink, that's probably going to be the main factor of whether he's going to make it <laughs> yeah. to to Sunday's race. So, um, no, but yeah, that, that, that goes to show that you could earn the points um be committed and and at the end like you said the overall i got still... a first
1: place overall in super d which is what they used to call enduro my first season there because i showed up i showed up and i did it every time
0: yeah yeah that's cool man we definitely need to make something of it and head out um you know if i head out there i'm definitely i'm gonna have to take my wife and kids and yeah that's, make, it's make a day that's out totally of it. a family yeah.
1: event i mean you've seen how how isaac his whole family race, right? He don't exactly. even race anymore because yeah. he's too busy watching the kids.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, definitely something that that's in the works, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna make it happen. But um, going back to, to a little bit of your story, so uh, you know, at one at one at what point was it when? Um, you uh, you know, I, I think we talked about the story um mm-hmm. when I when I first got my inserts. Mm-hmm. Um but uh at what at what point did you realize or did you did you come up with the idea of of minesweepers? And for those that don't know what minesweepers are, um they're tire inserts. Yes. Uh tire inserts that are totally different than a lot of the other tire inserts that I that I've seen. Um and I, I haven't I haven't tried any other inserts. Minesweepers were actually the first inserts I ever put on my bike, so I don't know how they feel, but based on conversations with other people, they 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 lack on certain areas. Um, but at least with my own experience, um, not just because, you know, you guys sponsor and, and, and you know, are part of our, our group mm-hmm. and what we're doing, but I, I actually really like them. Yeah. I, I, from the first day, the first ride that I did, um with the inserts was uh, was a suicide right um and i actually went did suicide before without inserts and then i did it i think like a couple of days afters with them so i i noticed the difference immediately without yeah. changing anything on the on the bike right. um and and i actually had gotten a flat and I, I dented the rim um without the inserts um which is one of the reasons why i was like now nah, i need to get some inserts you know and uh, right. and so at what point did you, how did that idea come about? Okay, so and,
1: so it all came from racing. Right. The whole idea came from racing. And um, let's see, being a, you know, um, self-sponsored racer, paying for all my own stuff. Right. And going through, like, two, I think it was, like, two or three rear hoops the first two seasons, racing sport two seasons and then into expert I think I think I had the idea in like 2017 um so I was in expert class and two or three aluminum hoops and then I actually switched over to carbon I tried a set of carbon wheels and broke a rear carbon on my downhill and a rear carbon on my trail bike and um I was on my way out to bootleg For another race and there was a a um, pink bike a pink bike press release with Aaron Gwynn and he came out and told everybody what he was running in his rear tire people kept seeing him in his um, in his World Cup races getting flat tires and the tire would come off the wheel and there would be the tire hanging off one side of the rear triangle and then this other object was flopping around and no one knew what it was. And so he told everyone about the flat tire defender. And I thought it was a great idea. A piece of foam inside there. And I was like, "Oh, I got to get me those." And I so I scrolled down and saw the price tag and was like, "Oh, no. How much were they?" They were I believe 120 bucks a set. 120 for two. For two. So without seeing them or getting invested, I didn't want to do all that. I actually, Minesweepers is a do-it-yourself idea. I went to Home Depot in Las Vegas and I got some pipe insulation and shoved it in my tires in my hotel room that night, and went to to the races and just tried them out. And I could feel the difference, like you said, right away. Right. Um, they deaden. It's like a it's like a volume spacer in your tire.
0: Yeah that's a good way of putting it they
1: deaden all the hits anywhere you would hear a metallic ping is more of just a flat smack and um, gave me confidence right away riding on that crazy terrain and bootleg right so but I could hear him moving around when you would like when you hit the brakes real hard you'd hear him slide to a stop and um, that was unattractive (laughs) right so i was trying to think for a long time how i could how i could get those things to be still in there and um when i had the idea for the surgical tubing to use as a big rubber band and hook it to the inside of the rim without using any kind of zip ties or velcro or adhesive or anything like that i gave it a shot and was like whoa man this actually seems to work pretty good so i took it to the next bootleg race and showed it to Greg Gibson from Trucker Co., who was sponsoring a bunch of guys. Right. And uh, he he didn't shoot me down right away, and <laughs> he tried it and was like, wow, man, these things actually seem to work. So, and it
0: was still the pipe insulation that you were getting <laughs> from Home Depot?
1: I think originally, yeah. I even brought pipe insulation out to bootleg. So so with the, yeah, with the, and and so... Everyone's like, "Well, then why don't I just make it myself?" So you can't make one that wraps even a twenty six inch wheel with any pipe insulation that you could find in any hardware store right. The longest length piece you're gonna find is six feet, and there's like a nine inch section that you won't have any just dead spot. So you have to cut you have to cut another piece and add that in so right." That, who really wants to do all that right
0: and in addition to that i think (laughs) i'm not i'm not an expert on that but i think uh pipe insulation is a lot stiffer isn't it well
1: it's 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 actually not it's softer and it's thinner walled there's it's also slit most of it's slit down the middle you can find stuff that has an adhesive but it's not ideal so, which,
0: which I mean, with the impact that we get on tires, I'd probably rip it up like yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, it, yeah, you'd
1: beat through it pretty darn. Yeah. Quick. So, so I actually, so I sought out foam manufacturers, which there are none in California. <laughs> um, I had to go to Arizona, and I found, um, I found a company there who I've been working with ever since I started. Um, we've been experimenting since the very beginning. All When was, what
0: year was this when you, you 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 found out uh or you got the idea of putting it in there and then up to when you were like, and okay, I like, can make something out I'm of this. say
1: like 2018.
0: 18. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um yeah, originally very small orders, but different sizes of foam and um we've always been doing minor adjustments to try to perfect what size and density is ideal for the application. And um, I have foam for so many different sizes of tires. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't, we're not marketing all of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like if anyone wants to experiment around, we have stuff all, that ranges all the way from gravel grinders up to, 3.0 fat tires oh wow yeah um we do sell a lot of the 2.8 to 3.0s for the the e-bike riders that we're doing like mullet setups right right with the smaller wheel with the wider tire in the rear that's still very common um just got some new foam in um that's a bit more dense so, I'm still trying to go after a lot of the e bike uh, riders and go for a lot of the 2.6, seems to be a super popular width now.
0: Yeah, which seems like it's heavier. It's a heavier it's a heavier like it makes it's a slower rolling tire. Yeah, a little bit slower rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the difference, you that you you deal with a lot of like inserts and tires and whatnot. Why why is it that some of the e-bikes run a thicker tire in the back?
1: Well, I mean just for weight probably, you know, you you've got uh, a lot a, a lot heavier maybe more and, torque. Rear end, torque. But it's when you're coming into like G outs and breaking coming into them, all that extra added weight stacks up. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, Makes sense. Um, So then then you started experimenting with with the different foams and whatnot and have you at that point had you already found the name or were you just like experimenting still
1: i had the name pretty much figured out right away and it it all comes from the old term of grenading your rim
0: Ah. so
1: i was like minesweepers will help prevent you from grenading your rim
0: so that was a term back then i don't think they use that now do they grenading
1: yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) <laughs> <You> got, <laughs> never heard you of gotta that. Gotta get out to some downhill races. And <laughs> maybe see what, what kind maybe, of mingo you pick? Maybe, up. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I
0: I have seen what what that means, especially like in rampage when those tires just blow up yeah. and they're just like torn into pieces. Yeah. So I I know where where that comes from, but right. I've never heard the term. Um, you know, so yeah, maybe maybe I need to go some downhill races and, some downhill and hear races. it. <laughs> get out to some rampage. So too, that's man. that's what you uh, that that's where you got the name.
1: Yeah, just from grenading the shit. Out I was there.
0: thinking it was oh. more... You remember the game that used to be on, on the nah, Microsoft man. computers? No, that, that's <laughs> why we
1: have had to change change the spelling of it. That's probably yeah, what's yeah. messing me up. Because everyone types in M-I-N-E and then they get the video game that pops Right, it. right. Yeah, that has nothing
0: to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, and then... Um, when, what's who, who was the, besides yourself, because obviously you were experimenting on your, on your own bike. Yes. Um, how, how did, how did you get from, from experimenting? The trucker co it?
1: posse, the trucker co so posse was they were the, ones like, who helped the race you. team that Greg had going on. And I asked all of those dudes, please check this out. Try it. Run it. Dick Finn, Derek Landrum, Vincent, Vinny, uh, Ryan Rodriguez, Chelsea, but we, some superstars man right a bunch of really rad people running the product for the first year two years three years
0: and what was their feedback
1: everyone was super welcoming you know i have not had anyone flat out tell me this is a (laughs) stupid i've had people say this isn't worth this isn't worth nothing i could make this myself and go do it but the thing is is like yeah, you can't source you can't source this stuff very easily. You have to nowadays especially since COVID, you've got to buy so much of any one thing that like you're going to have enough to supply your whole crew your life 10 lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean all the boxes you got here, you yeah. can't see them, but yeah. no, there's tons strange. of boxes they are right stacked.
1: here. We got yeah, inventory's not an issue here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you I mean last conversation we had they they, they increased the amount of supply you had to purchase um (laughs) to be able to make an order so even if you wanted to it'd be it'd be a hefty price you'd want to pay just to put one insert in your tires right you're better off just buying minesweepers and they're you know the the thing too uh, at least for me um you mentioned that the the inserts that you had seen um were 120 dollars compared to a lot of the inserts that are around well, um, you know the, the those other ones I mean you're talking one eighty so um, yeah. one sixty yeah, so and, and without a lot. without
1: naming names and getting into all right. the who's better or what's not um for me, this is a disposable product, just right. like the tires that you're putting on your bike uh, when I first started doing this, I was finding tires for fifty bucks a pop, like good quality tires, and the economy is what it is. It was shit when I started racing, and it's even worse now. But now people are paying a hundred bucks a pop for tires. Right. And there's, and, and you tires don't last forever. They get thrown away. So for me, if I can, if I can go back to putting a $50 tire on my bike and running a $50 insert inside that tire, and then the inserts should last you two or three tire lives if you're not like, world cup downhill racer right. you should be able to get a few tire life so you're in the end you're saving so much money unfortunately when i start talking about saving money with a lot of mountain bikers these days i'm talking to a brick wall because they've been trained to think that the more they're spending the better product right. they have going right. on their bike and right. it's like <laughs> this is a disposable product. Right. I have to tell you over and over again, it's not something that's going to last forever. Right. And, um, you know.
0: It makes a difference. I, I, I know I'm not, I'm not by any means even close to an people experienced who, writer. People I who have it.
1: never run a tire insert doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. They put a mine sweeper in and they come back in two minutes. And they're like, I could feel the difference. Yeah. Nobody says that they don't, they roll faster. It, it takes a thin casing tire and, and automatically turns it into a double down. Yes.
0: That's what I felt on, on cornering. I felt like, for, I don't know if this does anything, but it, I, I, I felt like my cornering had more grip. Yes. When yeah. I was, when I was, when I, when you installed the first uh, yeah. set in my bike.
1: You can drop your air pressure a couple PSI. I don't recommend going much lower. That'll allow the actual tread to lay flat on the ground. I mean, that's the whole reason for going tubeless in the first place right. is to get better grip. Um, a lot of the other inserts that have more of a lateral stand on them, push onto the, the side walls of the tire so much more that I've heard people say when they lean the bike over it resists and wants to stand back up on them. Ah. Um, I wouldn't know because I've never tried any other inserts myself. <laughs> just, me neither. Just because of the the whole standpoint on on cost for me um and I'm I'm happy to take other inserts out but I won't install them. Right. So, um, but uh but yeah, I mean they do. They 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 help with performance. For me, it's the confidence of not damaging your your wheels. That's Absolutely. And then, and then the fact that they stand up pretty well, especially this new denser foam that I have. When you do get a sidewall tear that's like an inch long, that no sealant, no matter how good it is, won't seal that thing. If you're at a bike park, you're not walking. You you can ride the bike like we still ride it, seventy or eighty <laughs> percent, hitting jumps on flat tires oh really yeah oh
0: wow we've had
1: we've had some women ride all day on flat tires and we're just like it's fun you know what i'm saying like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> because we know they're not going to get too super aggressive. right right so
0: that's wild yeah that's i mean i again i like you i haven't t- i haven't tried any other inserts so it hasn't I, I can't tell you the difference, but um, but I, I felt it. So it's it's pretty cool to see, and I, I know a lot of the guys that uh, we ride with that have gotten them. Um, and and the thing is, it's it's funny because everybody always hesitates, and I and, and I think because, like you said, it's a disposable product. They automatically think like, oh, like it doesn't make a difference. Like, and I'm like, dude, try it. Trust me. Like the stuff that we ride, Rocky Peak, suicide, especially suicide, suicide and our group rides has been the biggest culprit in flat tires and broken rims. Uh, There's no other trail that has gotten that many flat tires and broken rims um, than than that trail in our group rides. It's like almost every ride, somebody gets something like either a flat or they're rimmed like cracks or, or it's it's always that trail.
1: Yeah, that's where I went tubeless. I was on that Turner and and the guy i was riding with was like dude every time we come here you get a flat tire in the top section and then i have to go slow and wait for you to walk down he's like i'm not coming here with you again until you go to this so come <laughs> over to my house and we'll set you up
0: yeah those tubes get torn up there it's just, it's yeah. just the, the the rocks there are jagged
1: yeah well you snake bite yeah you bought him out and if you if you're running tubes your your rim puts the on it. yeah you to shut that off
0: <laughs> nah he'll 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 get out the way. He's just, the gardener happened to just pass by, but uh, but yeah, man. I, I mean, and then how? At that point, were you were you just still testing out with with the uh, Trucker Co. team? Um, testing oh, them out, never, or
1: I was never testing out with Trucker Co. I um, you were already. Lo- I was already on the do it yourself program because I didn't like the cost of sealing either. Right. Like, and I looked up recipes online and was like oh i could make this stuff for less than half the price yeah and then i was at one of the races and greg was looking at me and he's like what is that stuff and i told him oh it's this this and this my three-part concoction he's like that's cool here try this stuff out (laughs) (laughs) and greg's another person who's done the homework and he's searched out the best materials and got them for the lowest possible price and he he sells that stuff direct to consumer for half of what anyone goes to the store and pays for any other sealant, right. and it works just as good, if not better, than the best stuff out there.
0: Yeah. So you were already operating as a business what? when you were when you were working with them. You already had the business, and you were already trying to sell uh, the inserts.
1: No, no, not at all. No, I I was working. No, I was just racing as a as a regular, um, you know. Uh, self-sponsored racer, and and Greg had the team already going, uh. and 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 he gave me some sealant to try out, and then I was like, "Well, how much does this stuff cost?" And he told me, you know, what the price point was, and it was like, "I'm never, yeah, I'm not gonna waste my time making this shit myself." Yeah, It'll anymore. probably cost you the same or, yeah, or more. <laughs> much.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh man. And um. So when when was it that you actually? Saw the opportunity to make this the business?
1: So, Minesweepers, you know, it started slow and like 2000, never like from 2018. And then in 2020, when COVID hit, I had a couple really good reviews that came out. None of the reviews that I've done have been paid. Um, it's just trade for product. Right. People who are doing blogs and stuff on social media. Um, and then uh, I got a hold of Lone Wolf, who's also a local here in Thousand Oaks. Right. originally. Try to
0: talk directly to it, so oh, that way it okay. It evens out the yeah the audio. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, let's Lone see. Wolf, 2020. Yeah, I think it was right before COVID hit, early 2020, like February. I noticed he was out here at Sapwee Bike Park. And so I tracked them down and was like, where are you at? I'm coming over. I'm going to put these in your bike, and you're going to check them out. That, so that's been the hardest thing for me is that I can go to a bike shop and hand inserts to someone, and they could be interested in the product and whatever, but until they're in the tires and they could feel them, right. that's the whole thing. And And then a lot of people are also reserved about that because they've heard the rumors about how hard these – tire inserts are to install
0: yeah that's that's so one of the big ones
1: so that's a little bit of a hurdle because then they don't even try right they'll take free product and just kind of stick it in the corner and i'll come back to the bike shop like a month two months later and be like what do you guys think and they're like "Um, man yeah. They're still, they're still over there in the corner. Yeah. By then, they're all twisted up because the elastic band doesn't have any support from yeah. the, from a rim, so it looks like a pretzel. And I'm like, "Cool, dude!" And just throw those things away. Yeah. You know, um, but
0: you, you install them pretty, I mean, yeah. every time that so, I've been here, you yeah. just like,
1: doop, 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 yeah, and- <laughs> it's, it's all about the barrel, man, the yeah. barrel that I, I bought at home depot, you know, it's another, just a $20 tool. You know, a lot of people use a trash can, but, um, you can't,
0: it's not sturdy enough. It's
1: not, they buckle right. in the middle, they, f- they bend over and with the barrel that I use, you can also get your knees on the backside if you need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I took I took my whole kit over to, to Lone Wolf and uh, showed him how easy it was to install. And he was like, damn, uh, that's impressive. So he took a couple more sets back. They did an e-bike shootout. He was pretty stoked on them and did a very good review. And then word just took off. Right after that review came out, COVID hit and the sales just went pew through the roof everyone yeah that's when
0: everybody got into mountain biking and started buying like everything was selling and
1: yeah and so so we were selling selling really good and um and then i had to do some big foam orders i couldn't even store it in a regular storage bin. i mean it was filling my whole garage (laughs) um and then i i moved into the shop around the corner over here um Late in 2020, and um yeah, sales were booming all through 2020, and then 2021 was pretty good, and then it started to slide towards the end of 2021 after uh, Reed did that big 360 at Rampage and blew his tire off, and everyone. Saw I was it. just gonna we bring made, that up. That was pretty made, cool. Yeah, we made national national headlines with that one. Yeah. So I, Believe that was one of the first tire inserts to actually run in the event.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. They don't usually use tire inserts in, no, in the those, event.
1: Those boys actually run tubes at really high pressure. Most of them. Oh shit! So yeah.
0: That was pretty wild. I, I do remember watching that, and I remember when the rim blew up. Yeah. It, it, like that. That. That thing just like it just wrapped around his bike and everybody was like, was Is that, that a man? rattlesnake? Like most people yeah. were saying that they thought it was a rattlesnake. You know, they're like, Is that a rattlesnake? What is that? So that was I, was stoked. Ever...
1: I was stoked that he ran down the hill with a smile on his face, you know. How how
0: know. did how did that happen? <coughs> tell tell me that story. How did how did he get those inserts on there? Did you go? Oh, and fed meet fed him. him.
1: Oh no, wait, I I hit I hit him all up on social media. All the free ride dudes have heard I actually have Jordy Lunn was was thinking about running uh, the inserts for a minute. His uh, Canadian dirt jump hardtail sponsor actually hit me up. And so I tried getting him to Jordy Lunn and then. He didn't actually take them because he was doing, he was trying to perfect his cork 720s and he was worried about a lot of these free ride guys are worried about going upside down and spinning and having the tire rotation mess all that, mm, got all it. that up. Got it. Right. So, um, but yeah, I got some to read and he ran them, um, and he said he told me that he really liked him in his trail bike but he wasn't for sure he was gonna run him in his in his event bike for doing big stuff like that i was like you know whatever and so i didn't even know that he was running him i wasn't at that That that's the only rampage i haven't gone to in the last eight years so otherwise i would have been there right super glued that tire on before he dropped down yeah i would have known he was you know running that but um so then, yeah, everything would have been gravy if I would have been able to keep my social media. But about a week after that event, I remember someone hacked my shit and stole the Minesweeper's Instagram account. Like, so if you're looking at Minesweeper's Instagram it's not the one with the white label with the it's 2.0 with the more followers it's the black one with the 2.0 yeah. follow Minesweepers underscore 2.0 yeah and it's
0: unfortunate man because that traction on social media is so yeah, big it it's, defeated
1: me it really it was like a kick in the nuts yeah me. and I'm like I've been defeated a handful of times in this whole um, in this whole venture you
0: know? did you ever find out how that happened? Like how who, who it was or how how it yeah happened? I gave someone
1: my I when yeah I accidentally gave someone access to my shit and <sighs> then they put two two factor authentication and changed my passwords and kicked me the hell out. Oh, of my own that page. sucks, <laughs> just, dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, I've had my share of trust it, being broken. When you're so. not
1: paying attention. You know They're coming at you From every single yeah. angle All different ways And it's like If you don't If you think something's Too good to be true Guess what It's too it's good to too be good true to be Don't true. get suckered yeah. Into any stupid Fucking Investment shit Where you're gonna make A bunch of money For not doing anything Exactly <laughs> Yeah it's always It's always the case though
0: It's always If it's too good to be true it It, it is too yeah. good to be true And yeah. you need to You need to be A little more cautious um, But uh the good thing is you got the second one going, and and I, I saw I saw a lot of good support from the mountain biking community and resharing and and yeah. trying to get that page you know back up to its yeah, followers. It still, and,
1: there's still a lot of work to do. But.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, going from a lot of exposure from Lone Wolf, from Drew at Lone Wolf, and then uh, going for for you know having the insert come out and Rampage and everybody trying to figure out where it was. I mean, I'm sure all those are waves. that you that you know just pretty much are gone now because you have to start over yeah and you have to wait for another one of those waves to come out and
1: well we're we're trying to stay organic that's my thing yeah you know i started really slow at this i didn't pay for any advertisements like i said all the reviews are just a trade for product just try this out and let me know what you think let everyone else know what you think right and That's really been what's kept me going. You know, like I'd fold this all up if I, like I said, if I had someone who flat out said, this is a stupid idea, you need to stop doing this. But that's (laughs) not, I have repeat customers. I have customers that actually rave about the product. Yeah. They're stoked about how long it lasts, even though it is a disposable product. So many people get a whole season out of one set. And a Uh, lot of people are running them for two seasons. Right. Right. And it's like, th- that makes it hard for me to keep paying my bills. <laughs> <it's worth laughs> you. So we, the word of mouth needs to keep spreading. I'm trying to stay more local. The e-bike community here locally is absolutely through the roof. Right. So that's where I'm focusing 2023. <clears throat> I have a an e-bike sponsor finally. I've been very um, suspicious of getting into the e-bike because I see in all the tires I change, what happens to people who ride e-bikes, they never touch their other bikes again.
0: Right. You know and I, mean? I remember, I, rem- I mean, going back to maybe last year, um, I, re- I remember a post that you put up and you you were riding an e-bike on your other in your other shop. Yeah. And you were like, why should I buy an e-bike when I could just ride yours?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's fine for 20 minutes. I'll just ride yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I always said about carbon bikes and and e-bikes is I'll get one when someone gives one to me. So now, someone was like, "Here, we got a carbon e-bike that we want you to race." So I gotta let it go.
0: Yeah, and now you're on it. Um, and and what what's the company again? HPC, HPC. High Powered
1: Cycles out of Chatsworth, California.
0: Yeah, uh, and how how uh, I mean, it, it, how heavy is it? Mm-hmm. It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a downhill bike. Yeah. It's 50, I think it's about 50 pounds without the battery. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons too is uh, I, I like, uh, I'm barely starting to get used to jumping um, and, and getting comfortable in the air. Uh-huh. Um. And, uh, and I feel like if I get something heavier, like it's going to be harder for me to get like, you know although i've heard that it's a little more stable because of the weight
1: jumping is all yeah jumping is all based on physics and if you're heavy going look if you're heavy going into the jump you're going to be heavy all the way through the jump if you have the confidence to follow through and the jump is built right it doesn't matter what bike you're on like it, it it's gonna make it it's gonna go you have to do something in the air. You don't want to be a dead sailor on it, because <laughs> yeah. I'm finding out that they do fall down harder. Oh, absolutely. When, when, <laughs> when you go down with an e-bike, <laughs> it's harder to get away from that thing. And, oh yeah. yeah you, crash and you don't want
0: 50 pounds landing on you. You crash
1: harder <laughs> with, the, with the extra
0: weight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I'll get used to my bike first, yeah. and then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in one. What I, I worry
1: about it. is people that clip in on e-bikes. I don't know. But that's really a safe maneuver. I've never seen anyone clip into their motorcycle before. You definitely, <laughs> you definitely do want to stay with the machine in a crash if you can possibly stay with it and let the suspension do the the, the work, the crashing. Yeah, the work in the crash. But when you're clipped in, you don't have a choice.
0: Yeah, you know, and, I I, and I recently started clipping in on my bike. And uh but I have it on like one of the lowest settings. Well and it's
1: good for climbing. It may I clip in on my trail bike when I'm trying to when I'm trying to be efficient climbing and, right and even in the downs it helps you stay with the but yeah. you get bounced off with the so with an e-bike it stays more planted to the ground because the extra bike is low mm, center of gravity and, right. it's, and it's in the bike so the tires tend to stay if your suspension's tuned properly the e-bike right. stays on the ground better than a normal bike so you don't really need the clips yeah
0: yeah yeah, that's, that's one of the things I had a problem with on my transition is um, going, like, suicide, what I like about it is we keep going back to that trope. But what I like is that it's fast and chunky. Yeah. So whenever I would let go of the brakes and start getting some speed, my bike was, was, you know, going through the chunk, my feet would start coming off. Right. And I hated it. And that's one of the reasons why now I clip into the bike. And it feels so much better because I'm not afraid of that anymore. Now I'm just letting it go and my feet are going to be stuck on there, you know. But – uh but I can see where a heavier, 50-pound bike can become an issue when you do fall and you're mm-hmm. stuck to that. But I have it on a very low setting, so it's it's like almost effortless, effortless for me to get out of those things. Right. Um, so I don't know if maybe I'll get the confidence to tighten it up a little more. But you know, I, losing I've always... the suspension <laughs> when you're in the
1: when you're in the chunky stuff that's like high-speed chunky stuff, then you know loosen up that compression so that it so that it sucks all that right, stuff up. Right.
0: Exactly. You
1: only need like stiff compression when you're when you're doing jumps and stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah.
0: Let the yeah, that's that's that that's one of the things that I I recently um I recently increased the PSI on my on my fork hmm. and and the uh and I and I tuned some of the settings um to make it a little A little not not stiffer, but um, the the rebound a little like faster. Okay. So that way, when I'm when I'm going through the chunk, it's eating, and it it feels so much better. Cool. Um, I had it a little slower, and it was it it ended up getting too like yeah yeah, and uh, and it would slow me down. I felt like I couldn't go past a certain speed. Right. Now that I've turned it up, I feel like I'm I'm letting go, and it's feeling a lot smoother. So um you know we're we're gonna we're gonna do a group ride this weekend there. And uh, I'm excited to try it out for the first time with the new settings and see how that feels. Um, but where where are you at with uh, w- with Minesweepers right now? Um, and what I mean by that is is uh, you know how how's it how's it all rolling?
1: It's rolling. Um, yeah, we just moved into the new shop. Yeah, rent got raised. This, this place over there the is, uh, other shop. I have more of a personal space. This place um, is pretty rad. Trying to do work with some other companies, you know, and um, and branch out. Like I said, HPC, I want to really get this bike out to a bunch of races. They're gonna they're mm-hmm. gonna fund for me to race the Calenduro e bike series. Ooh. So I'm gonna be there showing that bike off. And Minesweepers, I'm really trying to go after the e bike market. Like I said, I have a lot of that local here. Um, traveling.
0: <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. traveling
1: is getting tough uh just being i'm getting old so i'm getting tired running around at all the races right um but i really want to stay here in the local community and get like i said that word of mouth client base built up i have a shop now so i have room to do work uh i got a bike here right now that i'm doing a, a brake replacement on um, I've been working with EXT suspension, doing sales for them. So I've got a lot of local friends running EXT shops yeah. on their e bikes. And anyone who wants a fork, we got those as well. Yeah. Get you a little bit of a deal.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Uh,
1: I'm working with TRP uh, brakes and rev grips. We have IRC tires. So, yeah. Just. Trying to stay in the industry, you know, help some other companies out and, and get the, the local bike shop. A lot of bike shops since COVID came through, they cut their hours back. Yeah. And they're refusing, they're keeping their wait times pretty long. Like, if you want service, they tell you it's not going to be done today. It's going to be done in, like, a week or two weeks, depending, depending on who you are. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to get more local service work going on in here.
0: Yeah. Yeah that's dope man and what what do you i know you're you're really giving a push for the e-bike market this year yeah um what are your goals with that like how, how do you plan on doing that just kind of getting out there and, and yeah kind of doing what you Ru- did when you first bike, started
1: get yeah i'm not uh, yet yeah, just trail talk you know i pull yeah. people over like i said everyone's pretty warm and welcoming to listen to the spiel what's it all about and just take a business card and you know give me a call set up an appointment and do an install
0: one of our one of our guys i don't know if you remember him but he got um he got inserts in his uh he had a yt capra Uh, his name is drew um that guy's pretty he's he's pretty good he's fast and and he's got a little bit of like the like the style like your style where he tosses the bike around Mm -hmm. and likes to get in the air and stuff and um and, uh, I hit him up, uh, this week and I was like, Hey, um, are you coming out to ride this weekend? He's like, yeah. And he just got a Kinevo. He just got a, an e-bike. And so I was like, Hey, you're going to bring it out. And he's like, "Oh, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to bring it. Cause it doesn't have inserts yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he has, he has your mind sweepers on the, on the Capra. So he's bringing that one out. And I, he's gonna he's making plans to come and get the inserts on his e bike so that way he Tell can take to it get out, out because out here tonight, uh, <laughs> dude. When's
1: the ride tomorrow? Yeah,
0: it's tomorrow. We'll
1: get him on the
0: he he the works uh time, man. his job wor- where he works, he 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 won't make it. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's out a little late and, and does his overtimes and stuff. So oh, gosh, uh man. he'll be he'll be there tomorrow. Um but he does have plans to get that back in there so that way, you know, he, he doesn't mess that thing up. Hell yeah. Ah, uh, so well, that's dope, man. It's cool to know about the the minesweeper story. Um, you know, it's 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 it was really cool when you uh, when you showed that you got the new shop. It's a cool spot. Yeah. this is my Dang it. this is my second, I think, or third time coming here. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty dope, and we're doing the podcast out of the shop today. So we Hell get yeah. to see some of your plaques up there and banners, and and you have your own little private space yes sir so um you know and i know you mentioned that you got local trails just right off the you know right right in your backyard yeah
1: man this area and that's the thing about the e-bike is that you can you can do a 30 mile loop in four hours here and connect right a bunch of little ridges that back up every neighborhood in the in the valley here yeah so
0: that's dope man well we look forward to having you on more of our rides oh yeah and uh, and showing can, off those we can uh,
1: actually do one from here sometime. Uh, throw, throw a ride out of here. I, I mean.
0: hope it's just not a thirty mile one because I don't have an e bike. Well, you
1: better get. <laughs> I mean, we'll just do a small loop down here in Wildwood. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should. We, we should. A loop, yeah, yeah, a little barbecue, yeah. you know, a little, yeah. little, little little party and stuff. Right. That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we got to get out to the races. I I I do need to make plans for that. So I just for some reason. And it's, it's, it's more of a coincidence that there's always something that comes up on oh, the weekends there's where there's always, a race, yeah. you know? Um, and, and especially not next weekend, especially, yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at that. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, not again, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it at least to one of the days. Um, but, um, you might as well
1: just go to the Ensenada, the calendar on Ensenada. I'll see you there.
0: There's a race out there. Yeah. When, March, w- March, March? Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually would be pretty cool. Yeah, I know. You know? And, and those are, those are a lot easier because, um, my girl loves going to, to Baja, like that whole area. So if I just tell her like, Hey, well, let's if I go come out to there Ensenada
1: and go to a race down there, then you guys better fucking.
0: come. <laughs> <to Fonshire. laughs> yeah, for sure. They've
1: been trying to get me to go down there for a minute. And oh yeah. I keep,
0: telling them no, who the the, the event sponsors and stuff yeah. uh <laughs> I'm like, i don't know
1: dude i want to make sure i come home <laughs> yeah for sure well if
0: you go you got to go with a bunch of mexicans like yeah. us
1: <laughs> don't let them kidnap me bro <laughs> yeah for sure
0: you yeah, know it's funny all you need to do out there like uh, no nobody most people that meet me they don't think i'm mexican uh, apparently i don't look mexican um but i am and
1: saint pierre is not a mexican name well saint Saint pierre (laughs) Pierre is my name but
0: yeah it's definitely not (laughs) but the thing is is i speak fluent spanish and and i speak the way that they do it out there so when 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 and if i ever do get pulled over or i talk to people over there they automatically because they're like no matter what area you go to in mexico there's a little bit of a different accent. It's almost like the U.S. from East Coast to West Coast oh, yeah. to the South no, and I, everything. Gotcha. You know, it's like that in Mexico. So when I when I talk in Spanish, they automatically think I'm from Guadalajara, which is where my family's from. Right. Um, you know, so they don't assume I'm, I'm American or anything like right. that because I'll just start speaking Spanish. And I'm yeah. like, I'll avoid the English right. at all costs because that's when they start fucking with you, you know. Right. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is if you ever go with anyone that's like if you go with a bunch of mexicans they just leave you the fuck alone they're just yeah, like you
1: yeah. know
0: I figure, I figure i'll be safe yeah just, you know. yeah for sure <laughs> yeah man well i appreciate you being on the podcast yeah. uh we're, we're in we're an hour in a little over an hour awesome. um so Shout it's cool there. it's cool to hear the story um i'm sure a lot of people enjoy um you know Hearing the story of Minesweepers, how it became, you know, what it is today, yeah. and how you be, how you came through with that idea, um, simple idea, but it's I feel like it's so effective that that's one of the reasons why I've just continued to fuck with you guys. You know, like continue. There's more in the works too. Around. I I
1: have I have some thoughts on incorporating the insert with another product that's already been developed and is already on the market, but sure doesn't get a lot of play.
0: Is that so. something you can talk about or?
1: Nope, not no. really. Yeah, you got to come <laughs> to the races and find out because we were fucking with it at the race last week. Ah, weekend. so it's in the at testing the phases. Race, it's, well, yeah.
0: Ah, just
1: another idea that I'm going to borrow from someone else and try to make everyone else.
0: Ever. Got it, got it. That's pretty cool. I'm sure at some point. It- yep. Yeah, and I then we'll so. get to see it and see what what it. Do some feedback to see if it works. But uh but again I appreciate you coming on. Uh um, the underscores on the yeah, uh
1: Minesweeper underscore
0: two, two can find you. Yes. Brian Parker. Thank you Jefe, so much. The boss. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Appreciate you.